Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Hello, Jeff. How are you? Welcome to our world. Won't you come on in? Hey, Steve. Cool. All right. I'm going to give it a couple of seconds, let some people filter in, type in uh, your name, where you're calling in from, and your most important questions about the art and science of Chinese face reading. Holy shit, RM, you did make it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and transfer myself from this beautiful picture of me you see with my hand over my heart, talking from my heart. There's my beautiful wife and I. And finally, uh, hold on a second. Oh, let's go ahead. My striking visage. Hello. Welcome to Secrets of Chinese Face Reading. I'm David Snyder, and as you can see, I've got my Christmas vest on. Hey, from Kentucky, there's Amy. If you see me looking off to my, uh, I think this will be your right. No, sorry, your left. Uh, you're going to notice I'm going to, that's because I'm looking, my chat monitor is off to my side here. So it's not like I'm ignoring you or I'm distracted. It's just in order for me to be able to, to focus on everything, I've got multiple monitors going. So today is all about secrets of Chinese face reading. But before we jump into the topic for today, and, and I want to warn you guys, uh, if you were expecting like a, a 60 or a 90 minute webinar, uh, you may be a bit disappointed because my webinars tend to go two, three, sometimes even four hours. I've had to have webinars that go as long as six hours because when I'm with you, when I'm out here, and, and, and my goal is to to share as much information as I can in the, in the time that we have. So uh, just like with so many other things in, uh, in uh, the, the realm of Chinese face reading, uh, my goal is to take you as far as we can in the time we have and point you in the direction of, of where to go for more if that's something you feel inclined to do, if you feel that this, this study is for you. Um, that being said, if this is the scope of everything there is, we got time for this. Uh, but what you'll find that uh, among the many things that I've studied in my life, face reading uh, right along the outside of NLP and, and literally graphoanalysis and hypnosis have given me some of the biggest, most powerful tools to understand myself and to understand other people uh, better and utilize the persuasion and influence skills that I have to overcome blocks to my success and to really kind of get on my on on for, going forward with my mission in this life. So that being said, uh, for how many of you is this your first time on a webinar with me? Just go ahead and type first time in the web in, in the chat and uh, we'll go from there. Hey, Paul, first time, Jeff, Chris, Sir Snyder, Cornelia. Oh, my goodness. We got lots of people today. Very nice. Very, very nice. Oh, I'm excited. So this will be uh, – it's, it's important for me to know who's in my audience, largely because it depends – that really uh, – I don't like to repeat myself, although when you're in the teaching profession like I am – a repetition is kind of part of the game. You got to know, and sometimes you can look at the same thing six or seven times, and then all of a sudden something you didn't see before just pops up completely. Oh, excellent. Okay, so you, if you first-timers, just keep typing in the chat box. If this is not your first time, if you've been through a webinar with me, you've been through some live trainings with me before, go ahead and type that in the chat box. It's, you know, returning student or something, just something simple so we know. And I'm doing it for a reason. <laughs> RM stalks me on YouTube. Very cool. Um, second time for face reading. Excellent, AJ. Uh, Richard Cooper, just one before Victoria returning. Excellent. Now, there's a reason why uh, I'm doing it this way. It's because I don't want you to believe anything that I tell you, although it's useful if you just go out and do what I tell you uh, because belief is not required. However, you'll notice there's quite a few returning students on the webinar, there's quite a few returning students who have been either, you know, one webinar with me or a YouTube live with me, or they've been to one or two trainings with me. If you have questions about things, ask these people. Those of you who've been to my webinars and my trainings before, uh, when you see a question about a training or about a topic um, that either I can't get to or you feel might be a little out there and you want to just concur with what I'm saying, because I'm going to tell you some shit you're not going to believe. 
point blank. I'm going to tell you stuff. I'm going to explain things to you. You're just not going to – you're just like, that's, full, that's bullshit. That can't be that way. Don't we? Everything we do is based on experience. So we want you to have that experience, and we want you to to trust these people who've been through these things. How many of you have, have come to us through uh, through our, our YouTube channels? Okay, AJ says me, Richard. Okay, so some of you are are pretty familiar with the content we put out, right? My goal here is to give you something you can use. To, take, to give you something you can go out into the world and just put into practice right away and wet your whistle so that you want to come back for more. To that end, uh, at the end of the webinar, I'm going to be making uh, some offers. I'm going to show you some paths you could take if that's okay. So is it okay if I take you as far as I can in the time we have and then point you in that direction of where to go for more? Type yes if that's okay. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure at what point during the webinar I will make that offer. But I will make it for you. Uh, some of these things are time dependent and time specific, so you want you might want to stay on till the end of the webinar. However, if you can't stay on till the end of the webinar, there will be a replay. I'm told there will be a replay, and um, we apologize. For, um, part of the reason we're doing this webinar is because the replay for our last webinar disappeared into the ether. We don't have any idea. We had a technical malfunction, and um, and we couldn't uh, we, we couldn't save the webinar. And it was an amazing webinar. We went like four hours. People were thrilled with what they were learning. Um, but we we couldn't make good on that replay. So now we've got multiple recorders running, and um, and so we're going to jump into this topic really really quick. So a couple of other things. First of all, if politically incorrect language, colorful metaphors, swearing, or the word boobies offends you, this is probably not the best use of the next ninety to uh, one hundred and twenty minutes, or, or however long we're going to be on. OK, um, I try. I, my, my goal is never to offend people. But part of the job of being a face reader and as a hypnotist and a neurolinguistic programmer is to kind of poke the bear a little bit, is to find places where people are sensitive and provokes a response. Because it's not until you're provoked that you truly understand where your sticking points are and then you can fix them. You know, they say they say when it comes to problem solving, the first step in solving any problem is knowing what it is. So if something I say, even an innocuous offhand remark, all of a sudden you have this blown out or um, exaggerated emotional response to what I say, understand that there's a, there's probably something going on that needs resolution. And using the tools that we have for free on YouTube, we may, if we have time, depending on how long my voice lasts, we may do a little bit of a shit clearing session at the end of the the event just to to give you guys a little extra uh, mojo for your day. Poke my reptile, please, says Leslie. <laughs> Colorful language is why you watch. Excellent, Tanya. You are my kind of person. All right. So that being said, now here's the next piece. This is your webinar. Now. If you look at the chat box, you'll notice that those chat those chat windows are flying by ridiculously fast. People are commenting, asking questions. My goal in this training is to answer as many of those questions as I can and still maintain a cohesive webinar. So please do type your chat box or your your questions about face reading into the chat box and I'm going to go through – I have a, a, a fairly good idea of where, what I want to start with, and then as the questions – as I notice the questions, I'll kind of answer them where it's relevant, and we'll just go from there. Before I go out to a meeting and rip someone's lungs out, Jim. Oh, a little werewolf of London action, Susan? You trying to test me? See if I know that? Does it work with Botox? you got to watch it with Botox. And here's something I'm going to, I'm going to get right off the bat. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about some general stuff, and then uh, – I want to, but since the Botox question, the Botox question always comes up. Whenever you take a poison and inject it into your face, remember that. The, let me show you a real quick map. This is how the Chinese look at your face. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Uh, hold on a second. I got to find what I'm looking for. Like I said, this this is not a, a PowerPoint-based webinar. This is all organic. So let me see if I can find what I'm looking for here. I know it's around. No, that's not it. Um, where are you? Of course, I was looking right at it before I got here. Chi module. Let's see if that's in there. Uh, here it is. Excellent. Excellent. I'm going to share my screen for you. Hold on a second. 
Okay. Can you, oops, that's not it. That's not it either. Can you guys see this picture? Excellent. You guys, okay, you guys can see it. This is how the Chinese look at your face, one of the ways in Chinese medicine. And by the way, that's where Chinese medicine comes from. It comes from um, – it's probably one of the oldest forms of diagnosis uh, in Chinese medicine. It's at least 3,500 years old that we know of. So going back to the whole um, – can you guys see okay? Okay, excellent. So if you look – at the upper area, where right above the eyebrows, this is where a lot of people get their Botox, right in this area here. You see all the organs, correlations that are in this area. So I can actually look from a Chinese medical perspective. I can look at your face, and if I know what these areas mean, I know in, in many respects what organs are affected. So if I inject something here – and by the way, I can also treat your organs. If I stick needles in these areas, I can actually treat – your, your gallbladder or your liver or your spleen or your pancreas. But when people inject toxins into those areas, it freezes the musculature in and around this area. Well, that affects you energetically. And so people, first of all, it, it will impact your relationships because you'll lose your ability to express emotions effectively. One of the things that, that, that researchers have discovered over and over and over again is that the, the eyebrow area, and that space around the eyebrows is, in fact, one of the most important areas for social interaction. Um, they, they've done tests with babies and, and people with no you know, shaving eyebrows and, and all kinds of interesting things. And what they've discovered is that when this area is frozen or missing, it negatively impacts social uh, relationships. So on one level, it's going to impact, yes, you're going to look pretty, you're, but you're going to be basically expressionless. It, and, and it can also cause you to, as AJ says, it can, it can blunt the affect. Affect is another word for emotion in case you were wondering. Now, today is not necessarily about the, the health aspects of Chinese medicine. Today is, well, what, that, that brings us to a really good question, though. Do these match Meridian Points house has? Uh, in some cases, they do. In many cases, they don't. Uh, there are various correlations uh, below the surface. There are internal connections that are going on here energetically that allows us to treat um, and, and diagnose the face. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about face reading. We're talking about diagnosis. We're talking about diagnosis, but we're not necessarily diagnosing in a psychological or a medical sense, although in Chinese medicine we can do that. We're diagnosing. We can, what, what, what can we actually diagnose? Well, let me type let me type this out for you really really quickly. What we can diagnose with Chinese medicine, we can diagnose your uh, health um, your your constitution and lifestyle. We can diagnose let me, let me move this down a little bit. We can diagnose trauma history. We can diagnose personality and temperament. We can also diagnose, in many cases, psychopathy and related um, areas. Uh, one of the areas, and again, I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to. Um, to say that all these are related to psychopathy in a negative way. But what we're talking about, and we're talking about these areas, it's in other words, psycho-emotional issues. So these are the areas that in, in the way I've organized, and now this is not how the Chinese would would, uh, would organize this. Can you guys all see this okay? I know this is a little bit chaotic right now. It'll all become clear as we move through the process. In, in Chinese terminology, the, the Chinese would call this area Jing. And your Jing relates to the, the, innate, the innate constitution that you have, the traits that you've inherited from your ancestors, as well as your fundamental energy. In other words, how much fuel you have in this life. And depending on how you live your life, in other words, uh, what kind of a lifestyle that you lead, you can – Positively impact that or you can negatively impact that. One of the things that negatively impacts your Jing level 
is your trauma history. And we can accurately diagnose on the face uh, traumatic events that you've had all the way up from conception right through um, right through about 120 years old is the map on the face. Okay? It does sound wonky, but you don't have to believe it. You just have to play with it. Okay? <clears throat> Personality and temperament can be seen by the structures of the face, how, whether they're big, whether they're small, how they relate to another. And from this – from this, if we understand how to match traits and compare them and combine them, we can start to learn how to predict behavior in certain situations. This becomes extremely useful because now that we know how, if somebody is, uh, has, usually has issues with authority based on the size of their brow line, the size of their jawline, whether they're bossy based on the size of their cheekbones, um, we can start to slot these people more effectively into either relationships that are more useful. We, can, we know how to treat them a little bit more appropriately, and it allows us to really kind of understand ourselves better. Psychopathy and related issues go to, we could talk about charisma here. We can talk about um, many forms of, <laughs> you have a Frida Kahlo thing going on. Do not get in this woman's way. <laughs> Leslie is a force of nature. Do not piss her off. <laughs> Okay, so are we are we kind of so let me just finish the terminology. I don't when I teach, I try not to use this terminology, but it's important to understand that there's a direct correlation in in Chinese medicine. The things that relate to your personality and temperament are called qi. Things that relate to um, your mental health, your spiritual or uh, transpersonal psychology. We call these things shen. And Shen literally means spirit. We're going to talk a lot about that, and that becomes extremely useful when we're talking about something called lie detection, when we're talking about charisma, uh, when we're talking about addictions. You can see these things by learning how to read people's Shens. And as a, as a face reader, I call, I call uh, face reading Chinese vibrational psychotherapy simply because um, this, the, well, the Chinese never separated. This goes back to an earlier question about how can you really separate them. The Chinese never really separated the physical body from the mental and emotional body. To them, if you had anger issues, they were going to treat your liver. For people who um, have problems, you might, one of the doctors might look for is excessive anger or frustration. So they're cyclical that way. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, I use the word diagnose simply because um, it's something that everybody can readily relate to. We're not giving medical diagnoses in this webinar. Uh, what we're doing is we're assessing and evaluating and from that extrapolating on what a person's personality or temperament might be. Chinese medicine is used, ex is used extensively in the Orient to uh, in such areas as business and law as well as matchmaking to find somebody who is um, – a more of a, a proper sexual or romantically compatible mate. So are those things of interest to anybody, how to find a, a more sexually compatible mate or uh, how to slot people into your business life? Or, you know, I, I made a joke at my last face reading class. Uh, I said, you know, as, as I sit here looking at all of you, I know more things about your private parts than you could possibly want me to know because it's all on your face. Uh, <laughs> Oh, AJ, does that, does that correlate with what I taught you? Uh, AJ says the last person I asked out had short eyebrows, no time for me. And what I told – what I said uh, – uh, yes. Yes, Chris, that is – you, you can do that, yes. Um, and it works for the ladies too. So sex topics are always important. Of course, the men would say that. The ladies would never answer that way, right? <clears throat> right, okay. So that being lie detection, yep. Oh, Laura, you've been using this to tailor your advising to your students? Excellent. Perfect. So a lot of you guys are, use, are out there using this stuff already. That's excellent. All right. So let's, let's jump down and really start to focus on when we look at a – now, is everybody clear on the Jing, Qi, and Shen? You don't really need to understand those terms, but I want you to understand that the three big areas that we, we look at there's, – there's others, but these are the big ones that people want to know about – are uh, their fundamental energy, constitution, and lifestyle – 
And especially if you're a therapist or a coach, you want to look at somebody's trauma history and, and the traumas that people have will mark on their face. In fact, here's where it gets really wonky is if you actually uh, unpack somebody's face and you help them resolve the trauma connected to the wrinkle on their face, that wrinkle will actually start to fade and go away. And I didn't believe that. I was the first one to call bullshit. First time I went to a, a face reading seminar with my teacher, Lillian Bridges, and uh, I credit all of this to her, although I'm continuing my studies and, and building on the things she taught me. She's known as the she's, – she's heralded as the, the most prolific and uh, best face reader in the world. And so far from the people I've studied, I've found that to be true. Um, and I, I, I credit everything I've learned about face reading to her, and uh, I, I honor her with this webinar. Uh, Yakov is asked to change the face by plastic surgery like a nose job to make the nose smaller. Here's the rule. Uh, I'm going to answer this one question. Uh, after my NLP practitioner, I look 10 years That's not surprising. When you clear trauma, it goes away. Um, and we'll talk about that. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that. Um, but let me, let me just kind of jump back to these three things, the Ching, Qi, and Shen. These are the big things that people want to know about. When you are working with the face, when we talk about Jing, what we're talking about is think of it like solid rocket fuel. Your body has um, a, a certain level of potential or energy that it can utilize, and a lot of that is stored in the bony parts of your body. Okay, I could give you all the correlations, but basically your jing is look is connected to your kidneys. Your kidneys rule your bones, and so any time you you remove pieces of bone from your body, anytime you're moving removing uh, tangible, tactical, structural components, you change the jing of your body, and you change how that jing or that energy and that personality is expressed. So I'll give you a really quick story that, that I learned from my, my teacher, Lillian Bridges. She had a, she had a client. Let me go back to, um, let me go back to face to face for you guys. Um, and just so you see, these are the different areas. And we'll come back to this diagram shortly. Uh, hold on a second. So let me go ahead and, So one of the stories that my uh, my teacher told me, she had a client, an uh, older woman. Uh, her son was graduating high school, and his son, her son was a football prodigy, basically. Uh, this guy was just off the charts good at, uh, at his sport. And he had this mag- – when you saw him, he had this massive, massive uh, jawline. I mean it was, it was really big. He almost looked deformed. It was so big. And uh, – and so, but he was a superstar football athlete. In fact, he was already being scouted uh, from college to uh, to play in the in the college leagues. <sighs> Don't worry, I'm back, Cornelia. It's okay. All right. Um, and what, so, as a graduation gift, his mother got him plastic surgery and got his jaw fixed. And for some inexplicable reason, he suddenly lost his ability to play football. And so what we see is when we start to modify my screen is black reload. Oh, Rebecca says love that. I must be back because they're seeing my vest. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. So what happened was he completely lost his ability to play football. Now here's what I have observed and what I've noticed. And some of this comes from my martial arts training and some of this comes from, from what I've learned from my teacher. Because he removed the bone, this this jaw, when it comes to athletics, when it comes to athletics, one of the places you want to look at is the brow bone, the thickness of the eyebrows, and the size of the jaw. The size of the jaw and the and the extension of the, and the thickness or or um, prominence of the eyebrow bone lends itself to athletic pursuits. So if you if you if you go, don't believe me. This is what one of my students, TJ, did. Oh, yeah, like a gorilla, like a caveman, okay? When you see that big prominent bone, what you see is somebody who is built for athletics. And that athleticism can be marathon running. It can be weightlifting. It can be MMA. Um, it could be you know being a professional soldier, mountain climbing, 
uh, you know, rescue swimming. What about fat and being overweight? Well, fat's what we call false earth. That's almost never a good thing, but the, it, depending on what your, your character type is or what your body type is, um, being, being a little plump is actually a good thing. Well, really, dep- AJ, it depends. The whole body armor thing really depends on um, if it's what we call false earth or not. When you're looking at true earth, which is, it has a plumpness to it, what you're going to see is, a, is a, a, a smoothness and a glow beneath the skin. There's a rosiness to the plumpness, and and when you see that, it's an indication that the person has what we call money bags or, or good earth. If it looks like it's just like blobs of paper mache that have been uh, pushed on there or they got these jowls that are hanging and things like that, and again, these are – got to take – these are being ta- – I'm giving you these out of context, but I'm just going to give you some basic ideas. Um, <laughs> My lady has so much jing, and I break all my bones. I'm so jealous. Um, and so when you see that, what you're seeing is what we call false earth. And false earth is what most people pack on when uh, we talk about the whole emotional body armor thing in our other webinars where people pack on 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds. What you're usually seeing is what uh, the Chinese would call false earth. Um, there aren't many – uh, Yvonne, in what context? What about if you do face yoga? There aren't many stretching. The, the, fa- the muscles of the face work differently than all the other muscles in the body. The muscles of the face don't get better by exercising them. They get worse. You actually develop more wrinkles by exercising them. Um, false earth. You have a black screen? Uh, try ref- Cindy, try refreshing your screen and let me know. Okay. So how are we doing so far? Uh, there's a question asked, what if the dentist pulls a few of his lower, a few of my lower teeth? Well, first of all, you're going to lose Jing, first and foremost. And depending on which teeth they are, um, I don't know how that's going to affect you. But anytime you remove bone, there's going to be some loss of, of Jing. So you have to be very careful. Uh, I have a chart somewhere. I haven't spent a lot of time on teeth, um, but there is actually a chart uh, that Lillian gave me. Um, I would do everything that you could to um, to save those teeth, but if you have to get rid of them in order to save the rest of the mouth, then you do it. You do what your doctor tells you. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's in her book, AJ, but if you email Kelly at uh, lotusinstitute.com and ask about it, she can probably send you a PDF or something. Teeth can fall out with age or disease, but a lot of it depends on, again, how you've taken care of them. If you have a lot of Jing, and that's one of the things that we look for, that one of the things that, that why Jing is so important. If you have a lot of Jing, innate constitution, and that's what prominent bones generally implies. You can go through some of the most horrendous conditions and survive and thrive. That doesn't mean if you don't have a lot of jing that you're not going to live a long time. It comes down to what the Chinese call yang sheng, which is right living. In other words, it's not about getting more shen or more jing. It's about how do you manage and preserve the jing that you have. And you can use qi, which is freely available from our environment, from our food, from our our breath work, to buffer and and utilize it. And uh uh-oh, I just went blank. Hold on a second. What just happened? Hold on, guys. Did we just uh, – can you guys see me? Can you guys still hear me? All right, let me – I don't uh, – you're right. The internet connection is kind of wonky. Am I back? Okay, cool. All right, so a lot of you guys are asking about health, and I think that that's actually cool because usually people want to know about emotions. All right, so when we're talking about the face, the first thing that we want to look at is we want to divide the, the, the zones of the face. Now, if we're going to talk about emotions – hey, Jonathan. If we're going to talk about emotions, why did I pull up – why are we dividing the zones into the face? Because when you look at a person's face, the first thing you want to look at is which part of their head is larger. The reason is is because what the Chinese through thousands of years of observation have discovered is that when people have a large upper zone, 
here. These people are very or data driven. They're very cognitive. And so when you present information to these people, you have got to know that they want the facts. They want the data. They want the spreadsheets. They want the charts and all that other good stuff. If somebody's middle zone, the human zone, is larger than the rest, you've got someone who's very practical or very pragmatic. All right, Monty is asking, how much of a face reading is instinctive as in reptilian instinctive, first impression instinctive? A huge amount. A huge amount of facial expression goes right to the reptile brain. Uh, in some of our influence classes, like specifically in killer influence, where we talk about nonverbal influence, um, this is one of the things that um, Jason asked, does this map to the VAKOG? I kind of sense that it does somewhat. Not in the way you think, Jason. There is, there is a slight correlation, but it's not, it's not in this segment. Beta asses are going to be a replay. Yes, there will be a replay. One way or another, there will be a replay. Um, so let's look at and, – and why am I showing you this? Because when you talk to somebody from a, from a business perspective, if you're presenting a product or a service, if you have, if you're, if you're have a, a, a product or service and you see this large zone, lead with your data. If you see a larger middle area from the base from the bottom from the top of the eyebrows to the base of the nose, you want to lead with practical application. In other words, what it's going to do for the person. Does that make sense? This person could care – more often than not, this person could care less about what the charts and the graphs say. They want to know how it's going to help them. Okay? When you get someone with oh, – let me move this down here a little bit. Uh, hold on a second. I got a lot of windows open here from the last webinar. When you've got someone who's got an, uh, a more developed – lower zone from the base of the nose down to the chin you've got someone who's very intuitive and instinctive uh, for those of you who are asking about the reptile brain these people are going to go with their gut more than they're going to go with the data okay yeah if you look at Jay, Jay is someone who is um, and he, there's actually another thing that's going on with I actually used him Yes, Susan, I did do another webinar. <laughs> do the three zones also correlate with the ears? There are three zones to the ear, Monty, but they don't correlate to what's going on in the face. Okay? Uh, if we have time, I'll, I'll circle back and, and we'll talk about the ears. Eye spacing tells us a lot, Dan. Eye spacing tells us how um, calculative and analytical somebody is, how socially open they are uh, versus how socially closed off that they are. For those of you who want to start playing with this, uh, the normal width between eyes is the length of an eye. That's an average. So from, from, from one end of the eyeball to the other, if you place that between the eyes, if it's longer than that, they have wide set eyes. If, if it's longer, if, if, uh, if it's closer than that, they have close set eyes. And yes, um, they're, 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 the closer the eyes, the more specific and detail-oriented they tend to be. But what that really means is they're more discriminating. They're more analytical. So they're not going to just be an open book to people. They're going to be someone who's going to think, and, and they're going to be very shrewd in how they do things. Does eyes, yes, eye size tells us a huge amount, AJ. You guys want to know about eyes all of a sudden, huh? Um, we actually – okay, Leslie's saying diastema refers to a gap or space between the teeth, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Madonna. Those indicate extra jing. If you look at the, the, the lifestyles that they lead, they're very physical, and they're still very active, even in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. Okay? Uh, there's a, I, I devoted a whole training. Jason, a whole certification class just to the eyes and the mouth, just so you know. Uh, was anybody on that training? Okay, Paul was. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to do some – I'm going to do a little product placement here. 
Okay, I wish. Well, stay tuned. We've got some opportunities coming up, Sandy. All right, so does, does everybody understand the three zones and why they're important? Cartilage removed from the upper nose to replace the tip. I'm going to say it's going to affect you, but I don't know how. Um, I can tell you that removing the bony parts of us, the, the, found, the, um, the substance parts of us, is going to change you. What I, let me close the loop I opened earlier. What I have not seen is adding well, – the effect of adding – stuff like tattoos or bo body piercings can change certain faculties um, we've seen people who've like had their tongue pierced and their bipolar goes away people who've gotten uh their their eyebrow a stud through their eyebrow and they're um they stop being depressed uh there's an old wives tale that pirates used to uh pierce their their, their earlobe and it would actually improve their eyesight depending on where they pierced it okay Knee replacements, again, anytime you're removing bone, you're removing jing. This is why if you're going to get a, something like a knee replacement, um, I recommend it be a last resort. That's why I'm such a big – by the way, that's why I'm such a big proponent of stem cells uh, because I think stem cells actually do the opposite. They help the body rebuild itself. Uh, and so uh, whenever it's appropriate for the patients, we offer here. Widow's Peak can be extra jing. What it generally means is um, they have an extra layer of charisma. They tend to be very, very charismatic. And the Chinese say if you have a Widow's Peak, um, you'll, you'll, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if your spouse passes away, you can find another one very, very easily. So you're usually very, very popular uh, with members of the opposite sex. Uh, men, uh, the correlate, the corollary to that is an M-shaped hairline. Now, here's the here's the thing that you need to watch out when you have that extra charisma. Captain Jack Sparrow. What about Captain Jack? Um, when you have that extra jing and you're very attractive to the other opposite sex, it becomes even more important for you to be very good at selecting mates properly. And that's one of the problems is when you have those widow's peaks. Um, you're like a moth to a flame in many cases. But if you don't have good selection criteria, if you don't understand how to choose a better mate, um, then you may wind up uh, getting a silk, uh, a, a sow's purse while you're looking for a sow's or, or a silk, a sow's ear while you're looking for a silk purse. Does that make sense? Facial scars and cuts are usually not a good thing. Um, although sometimes, depending on how the, how the scar is running, it, it, it can affect you in a positive way widow's peak again is an extra level of charisma um the chinese call it peach luck uh it can signal an extra reservoir of jing and uh it tends to make you a little bit more charismatic and attractive to the opposite sex it's, my, it's like you've been watching my whole life valerie says um the nose depending on where it's pierced can can affect the uh, the stomach and it can affect the heart and the lungs, depending on where you've pierced it. Jowls and older people, um, again, depends on the kind of jowls. Are they getting false earth? Okay, the questions are getting a little crazy. Nostril size, yes, they all. It means everything means something. Okay, nostril size usually relates to how rapidly you you spend money or energy. So if you got big nostrils and a narrow bridge of your nose, watch out. You spend it faster than you get it. Acne, I'm not too, I'm not too up on. Can't help you with that one, brother. Sir Snyder's asking, uh, perforated septum due to an infection. Uh, again, um, if it's damage to the jing of the body, then it's probably going to manifest in in some kind of a, a loss of something. I want to learn the mate selection criteria. Okay. Well, if we're going to do that, then let's look at these things from the bottom top. Now. Here's the first thing you want to understand about face reading for mate selection. And here it goes. You ready? Here's how you sum it up. Like equals like. What that means is when we're looking at someone's facial characteristics, if you have one or two, what the Chinese would, the Chinese matchmakers would look for, aside from all that astrological crap that they would they would plug in, what they were looking for is similarities in facial traits. 
In other words, if you had a if 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 you had if the, a potential mate had a nose very similar to yours or cheekbones very similar to yours, the Chinese would consider that a good sign. High sex drive on the face is usually indicative in the jawline and in the uh, in the eyebrows. Okay, and in the lips, big lips, big drive. Okay. And full lower lips. Well, we, we, we want full lips all the way around. But if you got that full lower lip, this is somebody who really likes their their physical side. Okay. So let's go ahead and, and uh, stay on track. Are we good with the three zones? Do we understand why this might be important? Okay. See, if you're, if, if you're, data, if you're a very uh, knowledge-oriented person, and the person you're looking at has a very pronounced jaw and you're not very physical, is that a good match? What do you think? No, not really, right? Exactly. Now, when you look at the face, you have to look at the big picture. You have to look at not just one or two traits, but how the overall face kind of integrates itself together or works together. So this is important. We understand the zones. When I teach face reading, this is what I – everybody wants to talk about emotions, and we, we usually go there really, really quick. But we need to understand these three zones because when we're interacting with people, this tells us how to treat them. This tells us what kind of information to lead with, what to follow up with. And it's the sequence of these that give us uh, the beta to create maximum rapport and minimum time. Hold on a second. Uh, Sandy says, nope, nope, nope. I don't understand the question. Can two zones be on? Yes, in fact, they can. Uh, in fact, we want, and that rarely happens, but uh, ideally we want as symmetrical a face as we can get. The Chinese call us moving towards our original face. Um, but by and large, there won't be a completely, a completely balanced face. One will slightly, although the, subtlety, the, the degree of difference may change a lot depending on um, you know, your, 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 your sensitivity and ability to uh, calibrate. Here's here's the thing you want to understand about differences. Leslie, and I, it brings exactly to what Leslie said. Opposites attract but seldom stick. Okay, in my influence classes like Killer Influence and Rapid Attraction Secrets, um, even in CPI, one of the things that happens is when you look at somebody and you interact with them. If you've do, if you've done the the calibration exercises and trainings and body language reading skills that we teach in Killer Influence or CPI. Uh, or even uh, rapid attraction secrets, you can tell exactly how to behave and how to speak to completely match a person's internal map of their ideal mate or their ideal business partner or their ideal coach or, or whatever. Here's the problem with that. The more you have to change what you do naturally to, make, to, be, get, to get in a relationship or to attract someone – the longer and harder you're going to have to work to maintain that. So there was a, a dating coach by the name – I think her name was Annie – at the time it was Annie Lala, who went on, I believe, to marry Eben Pagan, the author of – otherwise known as David D'Angelo, who wrote a book called Double Your Dating. So two dating coaches got married. I find that kind of, kind of poetic. Um, and what Annie said – and again, I'm attributing it to Annie. Um, it could be somebody else, but I'm, that's what I remember. Relationships that work tend to work from the beginning, and that goes exactly to what we're talking about here. The more a person's values match the other person, the more a person's mannerisms match the other person, the more powerfully they'll connect. And if you get Lillian's book, Face Reading and Chinese Medicine, in the very first couple of chapters, she actually shows you pictures of people. And they show, she shows pictures of couples who've been together for 20, 30, 40 years. She shows you pictures of them right at the start of their relationship and pictures of them 20, 30, 40 years down the line. And what you see is that they look alike. They actually look alike. And how many people have you ever seen who look like their pets? Type that in the chat. You ever seen somebody look, all of a sudden they look like their pets? It's because the face that we see, the, the body as we understand it, isn't solid. It's energy, and whether you, whether you believe in that or not, I really don't care. 
Uh, I've seen it over and over and over again. And vibration, and when I'm talking about energy, I'm talking about vibrations. And vibrations in proximity to each other seek common ground. They seek to entrain in some way. They seek to become more alike. And so uh, how many people have ever seen the metronome videos that I show in my, in my influence classes? Okay. If you haven't, go to, go to YouTube, type in metronome entrainment. You'll see uh, tables of 20, 30 vid, uh, metronomes all side by side. They're all moving at different speeds. And within two and a half minutes, they all start moving in synchronization. That's the effect of two people being in a relationship for 10, 20, 30 years. The more connected they become emotionally, the more their body and their facial features and characteristics start to train and train and become similar in some way. And that's exactly what the Chinese were teaching us in terms of matchmaking and sexual compatibility. If you have facial features that are similar, the, the, the chances of a greater long-term compatibility are better. Okay? Now, if you've got someone who's got a big-ass beak of a nose – and somebody's got a little tiny pug nose, does that mean they can't, they can't be compatible? Not necessarily. What, do the odds go up if, of them not being compatible? Possibly. There may be other things that resonate with these people, right? But in terms of what we understand in terms of the energetics of the face, in terms of how they work and how they merge in terms of uh, two people creating a family and, and moving on, uh, these are the things that we look at, okay? Um, I'm not going to go too far into it, but here is where we look at genital size. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll leave you guys hanging with that because I want to move on because I wanted you to make sure that we had, um, that we had uh, these three zones. So let's look at this now. I'm going to – oh, shit. Man, these are all messed up. Um, this is the emotional map of the face. Hold on a second. I got a lot of windows open, so I apologize. All right. So this is what everybody wanted to know about. These are the emotions that we look at. And this is especially important. It's harder to kiss with two big noses. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. So can you guys see the, uh, the emotional map okay? Uh, let me close this one out. Okay. So we're going to start. We're going to do this like a clock face. And we're going to start up here with skepticism and joy. So skepticism can be seen in a wrinkle that contours the outside of the eyebrow. So when you see people with these lines, these are people that are not necessarily going to take what you say at face value. So if you lead with the fact that uh, you're probably not going to believe this or uh, I know this is going to sound weird, but um, you know, this is the data that supports what I'm about to tell you, uh, you're going to be able to, to work with that, that trait. It's a good trait to have because these people, don't take, these people aren't necessarily going to buy into what you say or if you have them, it's a good self-defense against people trying to sell you a, you know, a riverfront or a oceanfront property in Arizona. Yeah, mostly when you resting face. Some lines will come out only when uh, during the uh, the expression of certain emotions. By and large, I don't pay as much attention to those immediately. I want to look at what has been uh, predominantly imprinted on the face. And you know, a lot of people when they when they talk about face reading, they're talking about uh, they think of uh, what Paul Ekman's work, which I've talked about in other trainings about micro expressions. Microexpressions are momentary flashes of emotion that a person tries to conceal, usually in around the, the corners of the eyes, in the, in the brow line, uh, on the face or on the chin. These, are, these, these come and go in fractions of a second, and uh, their attempts at people, they, they're, they're, they're very transitory. That's not what we're doing here, although Ekman's work is very, very complementary to what we're learning here because what you're looking at in this map is the, uh, the result of a lifetime of microexpressions, an emotional life, how you've lived your emotional life. Now, uh, we, haven't, we talked a little bit about Jing earlier. Where's my – okay, let me uh, undo that real quick. We talked about Jing, and anytime you see lines that go across like this, these are blockages in the, what the Chinese call the river of life. 
Okay. So anytime a, you have a scar that runs horizontally or a marking, it usually indicates a loss of jing in that area or a blockage to the flow of energy, and that's going to result in either um, personality characteristics being expressed or not expressed, or it may, it may actually signal some kind of uh, internal organ issues. But this is an important I – mean, let me turn this – take this off real quick. Okay, So this is a good one to have. Uh, Logan is asking from St. Louis, in addition to reading our, our, our others, how do we work out the line and prints on our own face? By studying this map okay, and understanding that the markings that you have are indications of emotions that have not been processed or a series – of emotional experiences that have not that have been locked into the body and are causing issues and as we resolve these issues then uh, these markings will tend to diminish yes Yaakov a horizontal scar on the tip of the nose can affect the heart or show heart trouble but it doesn't necessarily have to affect the physical heart the emotional your emotional expressiveness is also a heart related issue it's seen in the eyes we'll talk about um if we have time we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the eye stuff okay uh leslie says david i had 40 years of sadness grief and loss but show no signs of these lines is this because i spent most of the time that time in my head and not in my body great question leslie if there's a high degree of dissociation there may be uh, that, that may lead to a lack of marking in the face. It will also tend to lead to um, less affect or emotion as a whole being expressed in the face. However, Leslie, I get the impression that you've been working on yourself for a while. Is that true or not true? Twenty years of NLP. That may also be why you're not marking because you're dealing with your shit. Okay, And that goes back to the earlier question about how do we work on ourselves. You, every morning when you get up, give yourself you – know, drink, drink some water. You know, hydrate yourself really, really well. Give yourself 20, 30, 40 minutes. Maybe take your shower and then go and look at your face. Look at where it's marked. Look at where the wrinkles and the lines are, and you'll get an accurate picture of what's going on in your body. You guys remember this picture? Uh, that's not the picture I'm looking for. Hold on a second. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to it. You guys remember the picture where I showed you the place. <laughs> okay, so uh, what, some of the lines that we like to see are right at the corner of the eye, the 1 o'clock position. This is joy. These lines travel from the outer canthus, and they go up, just like so. Okay, so these are the good lines that we want to have. Now, Let's jump right across to the 11 o'clock position. If those joy lines travel up past the eyebrow, you're no longer dealing with uh, healthy joy. What you're dealing with is what we consider pathological joy or mania and hyperactivity. Uh, we have a president who, has, uh, who is the poster child for this. That's why he's up at 3 o'clock in the morning uh, tweeting, right? Uh, it's not a it's not a, a comment on his style of leading, but it is a comment on his health. Uh, will the replay be full? Uh, my intention is to make it full, Jeanette. Crow's feet. Yes. Now, um, are we are we good so far on joy and skepticism? Cool. All right. So let me go ahead and delete these. So we have a clear picture. Oops. Okay. The next line we want to look at starts once again at the the outer canthus, and this begins to drift down. This is sadness. Okay. When you see, a, I see this a lot. I see, you know, I see this a lot in self help people, which is kind of interesting to me makes me think that maybe they're they're not living uh they're not clearing the stuff up that they need to clear but i see this a lot clinically i see this a lot in pretty much everyone people who have a lot have had a lot of sadness or a lot of grief or a lot of loss in their life will we'll mark these lines if the if the line starts to travel from the outer canthus 
down. Now you're looking at sorrow. Okay. This is a deeper level of grief or sadness. Um, and again, this you may see this in, in times uh, when, when someone's just lost somebody, getting over a breakup. Um, usually there's, there's more loss here. When the, when, the, when the line continues to travel down, when the line continues to travel down, now we're looking at grief. And many times this is, this is a, a deep level of trauma that has not been resolved. Um, either because they they tr- they didn't give themselves adequate time to process it, which is very very common in many of my clients and many of my patients, uh, because they set people set an arbitrary time limit on how long the grieving process should take, and so many and and many times um, they try to they try to bullshit themselves and they stuff that energy down and it marks their face. So when, it, when you're in those moments of sadness and loss and grief, it's very, very important to give yourself enough time. So when we unpack those, then we, we, can, get, we can see those lines start to diminish very, very quickly. Uh, Tanya is asking, does the length of time apply to pain or unshed tears as well? Yes. Um, I, see, I see a lot of unshed tears in kids who had um, – Kids who had a, a rough childhood, very, very demanding parents, uh, parents who didn't give them enough uh, attention or love or positive strokes. I see a lot of that many times. Um, and again, it, it, it can happen because people set an arbit, you know, they either are not allowed to cry or they're, they're told big boys don't cry or, or something like that. Uh, unshed tears, you're going to see more often than not. Uh, let, me, let me mark this with, uh, with green in this area here. But that can also – that's a kidney area. So sometimes that can also be adrenal fatigue. If you've been working too much, uh, staying up too late, uh, you're having water metabolism issues, this area can get very puffy and discolored. So while it and, – and, and that can also lead to feelings of sadness or, or unshed tears as well. So when we see a, a puffy or, or discolored area uh, between those eyes, uh, some kind of kidney involvement. Okay. One of the lines I want you to pay really, really close attention to is this line that runs from the inner canthus and runs parallel to the grief and sorrow lines. This line is called a lost love line. This is one of the things that we deal with a lot in when we do our golden path training because uh, golden path is, is a spiritual process by which a person can uncover their mission or purpose in this life, what they actually took on a body to come and do. And what happens many times as we move through the world, we encounter events or situations or circumstances where an activity that was fundamental to our sense of identity that brought us joy in the world was taken away from us, either uh, by force or by choice. Uh, The example I often use, and when I say lost love, it doesn't necessarily mean a person, although it can be, but many times it's an activity. Uh, let's say, for example, when you were a, a little girl or a little boy and you're 10, 15, 10, 11, 12 years old, you loved riding horses. It, 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 when you saw a horse, when you had a chance to ride a horse, your entire being, your entire spirit came into your body and radiated out like, um, you know, like a beacon. And you just loved horses and you, you, you wanted to devote your life or a big part of your life to – spending time with horses and riding and doing whatever it took to, to be with horses. And maybe five, six, seven years later, you meet a mate uh, or a, a partner who absolutely despises horses. Maybe they're allergic to horses. Maybe um, they want to move you across, you know, they want to move you to a place in the city where there are no horses. And because you love that person, you, you, you choose or, or you leave the horsemanship side of things to go with this person that loss that part of yourself that you've left behind or has been taken away from you will mark as a line here so when you see those markings in people you can know that some big part of who they were some big part of their golden path 
that they loved, that, that made their heart sing, that brought them a ridiculous amount of joy was taken away from them in some way, either by choice or, or by uh, you know, deliberate acts of other people. Thank you for listening to The Unlimited Influence, Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer. 